All right, and this week we are joined with Nicholas Krolak, whose release is coming out this Friday, man. It's how does it feel, you know, now like because you've been playing this what, maybe a year? Like when you just started to dream about putting out an album, like that like that initial thought started? Yeah, this this has actually been uh been about three years actually. Wow. Um, yeah, because I, I recorded it probably two years ago and was just sitting on it. I had it all done. Right. Um, but I just didn't, I didn't feel like I had the energy to get it out there myself. Right. Um, right. Which was the, 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 uh, the first EP I put out, I did, did everything myself and that, that was exhausting. You know, it took so much energy and, just a lot of a lot of uh stuff that i'm not good at or don't know anything about um that goes into it so uh actually happened upon nick finzer kind of by uh accident i wasn't actually at the moment looking for a label or any kind Mm -hmm. of representation but i interviewed uh alexa tarantino for my podcast and I, I was asked my guests afterward off mic if they have anyone to recommend. And uh, she recommended me uh, to have Nick on the show. Um, and then, you know, I, I researched him and checked him out and, you know, saw the outside in music and I had heard about it. I knew a lot of people that were on the label. And uh, so I just reached out and, you know, it's been, been a great uh great process i've learned uh, learned a ton and it's really uh, helped me get further with the release than i could have done on my own yeah i mean that's you know that's um that's a big deal because i think for a lot of people especially those that like you know we're not talking the christian mcbrides we're not talking mm-hmm. the chick careers we're talking you know those people putting out their first or maybe even second album like the difficult part and like where, where it feels like, like the pinnacle of the entire project is, is like getting in there and recording and having like tunes that you like, you know, and and getting takes that you like and getting all of that done. Mm -hmm. But you know, that's something like I haven't put out an album or anything yet, but working on this side and seeing like the ideas that goes into it and like how further you have to push in, like all this other stuff, it's, it's mind blowing. I think. Um, what else has to go into? Cause at the end of the day, you know, you can make the greatest album ever, but if you don't mm-hmm. do everything else, you know, who's to say like people will check it out, you know? Absolutely. And that, that was a, a big, big realization for me to like, what does it take to give your work a life after you've written it? Um, I actually took a, a lesson with Tim Warfield once, which is actually uh, one of the inspirations for me doing a podcast in general was, uh, I took a composition lesson with him and probably 20 minutes into the lesson, he was like, man, you know how to write, you know, but yeah. check out these other things that happen afterward. Like that is part of composition in a way. It's like the extra musical things to, to, to give your music a chance out there in the world. Cause if you just write it, you know, it could just, it could be on the shelf forever or, you know, you could be playing it to to nobody for years, you know? So, right. right. Yeah, and it's giving. I'm go sorry, ahead. go ahead. 
Well, uh, I was just saying. <laughs> <laughs> You're good, man. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I was just saying, like that. That's that's kind of like um, like when I was in school, like I never thought of that end of things. I just thought that you know. That's what you're, you're taught in school. That's what you focus on in school is is, is the, the musical things and all those extra musical things. They're they're just as important, and uh, they take you know dedicated professionals to to make that those things happen. It take, takes like a, a whole team effort to to get music out there. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting, man, because. I think like as musicians or, or artists or whatever you want to say it, like there's so much self um, inflicted importance on having like that composition. You know, I know like when mm -hmm. you're like, man, I even go through it now. And I mean, I'm on the beginning of this, you know, when like when you're writing a tune and you just throw something away because you feel like it's not that, you know, it's not mm -hmm. that tune. Um, yep. But someone said it to me the other day. It was a friend who, uh, is now uh, um, an elementary music teacher and he was commenting on how he felt the, the performance world today is less of um, can you actually play, but it's just, do you want to out hustle the other mm -hmm. musician? Uh, yeah. Which is interesting to think about, you know, because it's not saying that those that are out hustling are like bad at, you know, playing drums or, or, or whatever, but it's true. Like today's world is so much more based upon like, do you really have that drive? to get this stuff done because if not there's so with everything that's out here now like as beautiful as it is there's also it creates like an oversaturation you know it, it's a mm -hmm. harder process for like your average consumer to to i think uh um weed out if you will like quality control between different musicians and find mm -hmm. like what they're really into um yes yeah man it's it's tough so with you with this record, like how did mm -hmm. you how did this come to? I know it's been a couple of years, but like what was yeah. the 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 goal behind it? When I because like I you know I've obviously read up some on you. Like we've been working together to put the release together. Like I know mm -hmm. you're really into Kenny Garrett, which is killing because yeah. I yeah. freaking love Kenny Garrett. But like how uh -huh. does this how does this come to fruition? Well, this I, I started writing all this um, after I finished graduate school at, at Temple University here in Philadelphia. And I was really, it was like just after the election and I, I was feeling uh, not great about a lot of things. And I was feeling not so great about music, to be honest. I was feeling very, that my, my pursuit of music uh, felt very self-indulgent with okay. all the kind of problems in the world and the amount of time I spend practicing and listening and you know working on my craft and such like i could have gone to law school and been a lawyer for the aclu or you know i could be a environmental scientist or you know all these things right. like fighting the world's problems and here i am just like worrying about two five ones and uh so it just seemed a little self-indulgent to me i was a little bit down about it and um i was listening to um a lot of kenny garrett at the time um which is most of the time i'm kind of always <laughs> listening always going back there but yeah, he, yeah yeah he just he just always sounded and always sounds just so just like joyful yeah like he's just and, and that really like 
uplifted me in a way. And I realized that uh, his, his and all of our superpowers as artists are our artistic voices. Like that's, that's what we have to contribute to the world. And uh, so I, I started thinking about ways to uh, incorporate um, how I want to see the world change uh, into my music. And uh, part of that was, was, was writing lyrics, uh, which is a, a, a very easy way to get, get a point across or easier than through, you know, abstract instrumental music. Sure. So uh, I started writing uh, with a vocalist in mind, uh, my good friend, V. Shane Frederick, who's one of my favorite vocalists. Uh, and we had been working together in, for years on all kinds of other people's gigs. And uh, we had always kind of been talking about doing some sort of creative project together. We never really did. And, uh, so I, I had some, they're, they're actually like poems cause they weren't, they didn't come out singable. I was trying to write songs, but they just were not <laughs> particularly it's hard, singable. It's so hard. Yeah. yeah. So, so those became spoken word pieces. Two of them are on the, 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 uh, the new album. And, uh, and then I, I eventually wrote a song with lyrics that is a actual singable song which is also on the album is the single uh this is our moment and you know i wrote that specifically with with v shane in mind and um i had uh a, like a working quartet and we had a residency at uh chris's jazz cafe here in philadelphia it was like a every third monday night you know the, yeah, the yeah, three yeah. people in the audience you know but it allowed me to get whoever I wanted. Nobody was working on Monday and it allowed me to just workshop stuff. So, uh, I got to dial in a lot of the tunes and, um, you know, having, having V Shane there really helped me, uh, explore lyrics and kind of subjects that I wanted to get into. Um, most of it has to do with kind of like sustainability and living a sustainable and balanced life and like the, the living in a city while wanting to be in nature. Right. That's, that's a kind of a recurring theme, but that, that's, that's where the album came from. And then we recorded it after about a year or so of workshopping everything. I recorded it live at, Rittenhouse Soundworks, which is an amazing, amazing studio here in the uh, Germantown neighborhood of Philadelphia. Uh, it's run by my good friend, Jim Hamilton. And it's an old warehouse uh, that was converted. And they have musician uh, gatherings, they call them, once a month, where they have like four, four groups play maybe half hour sets each very uh, uh, diverse genre shows that are curated and it's in the studio and they set up chairs and 
you know, there's always a lot of people come out and the vibe there is just amazing. And, uh, I really like their engineer, Michael Cummings from, uh, London. He's a really, really great engineer who I trust a lot. So I approached Jim and said, Hey, can I record here? And he said, yeah, this is, this is what it costs. And I was like, well, yeah, I can't afford that. So, <laughs> uh, and he was, he, he was like, why don't we make it a live show? And, um, and actually a, a, a vocalist and, and good friend of mine, uh, in Philadelphia here named Laura Lizcano had done that same thing. She had done a live show there and recorded the album in the, in, in the studio. Um, and so to offset the cost of the out the recording, the live show, you know, charge a couple bucks right. Right. and, uh, that made it very cost effective. But it also, uh, my plan was to do like two sets, right? And like have 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 like some backup takes, right? But that did not happen. Um, there was some some technical issues, and we we didn't have time to take do the first set. So uh, those are all first takes, which huh. which added added to the. Uh, to the intensity of it, which was really cool. I really like that actually. And I, I kind of want to do that more in the future because it was, it was a very, uh, in, intense in a good way situation. Cause we had, you know, we had been workshopping this stuff. The band knew the music really well and it was just, it was just go time. And, uh, I really, I really enjoyed that. And I really liked how it came out and, uh, you know, uh, Michael Cumming did all the, the post, post, uh, mixing and mastering and added some like cool textury kind of panning to it. And some, just some like little subtle stuff that I really like. So uh, I'm really, really proud of it. And I'm really, really excited to get it out there to be honest. Man, that's, that's nuts. There's, there's like so much to unpack in all of that, man. Like, you know, yeah. I, I've always talked with Nick about, um, personally you know i i love albums like i love kind of blue don't get me wrong i you know i love like yeah. all these albums but like some of my favorite albums are ones that are live um yeah. and i'm sure that they you know might have had multiple sets or whatever so we had multiple takes but it's like just the entire vibe of even how like maybe the music is approached is just different mm -hmm. you know because you're able to like ride off of so many others energies rather than just um the band but something that I do want to get your opinion on is, uh, mm -hmm. so you talked about, you know, when you're writing this, you're in a spot where musically you weren't really feeling like, weren't really feeling at the time. Like you're kind of like maybe dark on it or, or, or just mm -hmm. like down and everything. How does it feel now the time that you're releasing it? Cause it's, um, it seems very familiar, you know, maybe to you. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I feel really, uh, are, are you saying like, how do I feel in general about music? Well, no, no. I mean, like, how do you or, feel now releasing it? Like in the state of everything that's going on, like gigs <sighs> gone for 2020, you know, type of vibe, like where yeah. it's a very uncertain, you know, and obviously we're not, we're not saying let's rush back to, you know, shows or whatnot. Like mm -hmm. we understand that, but yeah. it's a very eerie time. Uh, to be a musician or whatnot, you know, like everything we know is just kind of on hold yeah. right now. Um, Absolutely. 
So it's just, yeah, it's, it's yeah. like that parallelism from like when you were writing it, you're like, you know, at the time you weren't feeling like music w- was maybe the thing. Like you just felt kind of down on it for at least the way that it came mm-hmm. off to me, you know? And then like now we're yeah. in a spot where like you kind of can't do music again, but it's not, you mm-hmm. know, it's not necessarily because like you're dark on yourself right now, but you're just in the same kind of shoes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, it is definitely a, an, an eerie period. I think you got that, got that very right. Um, uh, oof. let me think about how to approach this for a second. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's no light question. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing that I'm, I am, kind of, uh, I don't even want to say disappointed. I guess disappointed is is good enough. But is is the the tour that I booked for this? Mm, okay. Um, because that took so much effort. Yeah, and time yeah. and energy for me to do because you know I'm an emerging artist. I'm not a big name. It's it's hard to get booked where you want to get booked in good time slots. And right, uh, I put in a lot of effort and called in a lot of favors. And you know, uh, I put together what what I thought was was beyond my expectations. And and I can't do that now. Right, um, right. I I would actually be, I would you know if this had if the this hadn't happened i would be on the road right now but um so i'm kind of uh disappointed in that loss of time yeah i could have been writing or practicing or doing anything really but that aside um uh, i've been re uh investing this time uh a lot in in writing i'm writing a ton yeah so um, I'm going to come out of this with so much stuff uh, and all kinds of genres too. Um, um, I wrote a, I just finished writing a solo piano. Uh, I guess you'd call it a suite um, that um, I just recorded um, and will probably release at some point. Um it's like very it's not i would not call it jazz at all it's very um minimal modern sure, classical sure. i guess you could say um but that was like a very fun project for me just to improve my piano skills uh you know compose things that are not not in the jazz world right and also to build up my my little studio here um i'm looking to just write a lot really and um you know we'll see what what comes out after this but this this is i've been trying to at the very beginning of this i talked to um uh one of one of my mentors uh the great bass player gerald Veasley, and at the time it was like just when like everything was just start all the gigs were just starting to disappear and he just refused in this conversation, refused to be negative about it, you know? Right, and uh, right. that, was, that was very inspiring to me. He was like, well, you know, I'm just going to take that time. I'm going to reinvest it into this, this, and this. And I was like, okay, cool. And um, he's been very um, supportive throughout this, um, um, organizing like artist relief. Thing, uh funds and and such like uh 
uh, allowing getting the the Philly scene uh, access to all these different things and the knowledge that they exist. So he's been very proactive and very positive, and you know I've I've tried to emulate that where I can. Um, there's been some some darker spots where I'm just like, what, what am I, what's going on? But for the most part, I'm just trying to refocus on that. And um, I've been able to tackle a lot of the practice things uh, that I don't normally get to practice because I'm like preparing for this gig, that gig, whatever, whatever. Some of those like long-term like transcription projects that, you know, I can just keep going back to that same thing every day, every day, every day. Just, whittle away at you know whatever so there's been some positives but uh as for the future of this whole thing i I don't i have no idea so we'll (laughs) we'll see when we can get there (laughs) so you know to to kind of go back to what you were talking about earlier some more when you were um because when you're you're talking about when when after you got out of grad school you were feeling really um disappointed or you know what you're talking about with, with like your direction of music and like you kind of felt like it was self-indulgent mm-hmm. it wasn't like you could be doing something more um mm-hmm. and to me that kind of draws a uh um a comparison to i think like a lot of young students um struggle with um you know not feeling like they're there yet you know, mm-hmm. like what, like that perspective, like, why would you come listen to me? You know, if you could go listen to like Terrell Stafford or Tim Warfield or, or something yeah. like that, like why, mm-hmm. like, like they don't feel like they've earned it yet. And so mm-hmm. how did you um pull out of that? If you will, you know, did you find yourself not wanting to like book shows as much, you know, maybe working more as a sideman? Like, how did you find a way to work through that and get into that mentality of that point of just being like, you know, like I, I get, I'm not there yet. You know, I'm not that Ruben Rogers. Like I'm not whomever, mm-hmm. but like, like I'm Nicholas, like I'm doing my thing and like, I'm going to keep doing my thing. Yeah. Well, it was, at, um, before grad school, I n- never really planned on doing any kind of band leading or writing. I just wanted to be a side man. That was okay. my, my goal. That's where I saw myself going was just, you know, just playing, you know, have bass, we'll travel. <laughs> whatever right 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 and um so during grad school i was um another mentor of of mine ben schachter who was in charge of the grad program at temple at the time uh basically forced us to write all the time like every assignment was just like demonstrate you know how to do this by writing something that demonstrates it so i came out of it with a lot of stuff and uh, I, I just wanted to play it. So I started, I got that uh, residency at Chris's, which was, um, you know, like I said, every third Monday or something ridiculous like that. And uh, I had no no real plan for that. And I didn't really think of myself as a leader. It was just like a, a means to play my stuff. Right. Uh, so through that, um, some of the, the leaders in the Philly scene would just, you know, compliment me and just be like, oh, that sounds great, man. Or they would just show up like um, uh, one one of the real leaders of the Philly scene is a, a bassist, Mike Boone, who uh, is he, he just shows up all the time. You see him everywhere, 
all kinds of hours. You know, he'll he'll play. He'll he will like sub out a gig, play a, another gig, and then show up to the end of the gig he subbed out just to like say <laughs> hi and you know yeah, just yeah, to hang. Yeah, yeah. He's like always there. He could he could go back home. You know, he could do whatever. But he's he's just always out there. And and um, you know he he would say you know just a compliment you know like sounds great man like that's it so like I would have like a couple of those things and after a while I'd be like oh okay you know they're into what I'm doing so I should do maybe do a little more and, yeah start to get that confidence know, the, and whatnot yeah exactly and the and the 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 guys in my band um, I I really look up to all of them and they're all. Uh, leaders in the scene and and um like just the fact that uh uh the uh tim bray who plays piano on the record uh he's the, the busiest pianist in philadelphia you know by a lot and you know he could very easily just say no you right. know right, right and the fact that he would he would he would play like like i said monday night at chris's for like you know not a whole lot of bread, <laughs> you know, that was, that like really encouraged me. And, um, you know, I would always ask everybody in the band, like, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? Um, like in, in my songs, like, does this section work? Does this song work? And, you know, they would always tell me like straight up, like, you know, the, the, the drummer, uh, Gustin Rudolph, that's what I appreciate about him. You know, I, I brought a tune once and, uh, I was like, what do you think that to think about that to him? He said, I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. You're perfect. That's what I want. I don't I don't right. want it to be like, oh yeah, it sounds killing, bro. You know. He said, no. That's good. Okay. So yeah. how so, do you look at this idea? This this is kind of something I, I was talking about with with um a cat in town, uh Rod Magaha at one point and 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 I've bounced it off Nick Finzer and whatnot, but this this idea of like the musician versus the artist and like you don't have to choose mm -hmm. to do like you don't have to be both. You can be just a musician and like, you know, and, and to kind of explain that more like like as far as trumpet pertains, you know, you could be just a musician and like you're the trumpet player and like you are the baddest trumpet player. Like you are the, you know, mm -hmm. most technique ever. You go in, you read the part like, bam, done. Mm -hmm. or the, someone that wants to be the artist. You know, we're like, yes, you do have to mm -hmm. be a good musician, but now we're talking about, like, contributing more than just playing the book. You know, like, you're you're putting out, like, your artistic mm -hmm. thoughts and everything. And, like, you know, for you, you say, like, it kind of came to fruition from being forced to write a lot in grad school and just, like, a curiosity to hear your pieces and, like, and just kind of happened like that naturally. Mm-hmm looking on to other musicians now where, where it might not be, you know, as natural of a situation, you know, cause some schools have you write more than other schools. Like I know for us writing was encouraged, but you know, you had your formal composition class that you wrote a lot in and then not necessarily as else was it forced upon you. So how do you advise other people or, or, or students or younger musicians that you see like on that the the ideology there because like it's so like it's difficult enough to be a musician or to get technically proficient mm -hmm. at your instrument but then like to add in you know the emotional openness and secureness and, and whatnot you have to be to to pitch something genuine as as an yeah. artist like how do you you know, you know i guess that's a double question like how have you 
uh, uh, um, come to with it and, and like now find it in yourself or, and then how do you, um, explain it to, to the younger musicians, you know? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I, I've explained it to, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like everyone's kind of, kind of journey is kind of different. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like the, um, just for the, I feel like jazz needs needs both of those those kinds of people. Hmm. You need the technicians, and, and you need the visionaries. Um, I think that if jazz was all technicians, which I think it has historically tended to do, okay, I guess it, it might be like more more uh, um, people who are comfortable just playing as opposed to um uh ex expressing like a larger thing yeah, yeah yeah um i i feel like that's if that balance gets too far to the technical uh it i don't think that's good for jazz in general right i i feel like the the general uh audience even of like aficionados of jazz want to feel something like they come to shows to experience something and sometimes that thing is just mind blowing technique but i think most of the time it's it's something something deeper and if you can c communicate that uh then then people really it will resonate with people and they'll they'll want to come back and they'll they'll want to know more about your uh, your your story. I ask a lot of non non musician people that I know, like what they think about shows they see, jazz or not jazz, um, and like what what like their big takeaways are, and it's almost never anything technical, right? You know, it's almost always uh, some sort of um like storytelling even if not like a like an actual story like like storytelling throughout the music or like the flow of a set or i i get a lot of like how how they uh are, are dressed yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah i get that that a lot um so um just thinking about all those things um, I, I think it's, it's just important because like you said, you, you still have to be able to play. <laughs> right. 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 You I mean, we're not saying like these artists are bad, you know, by any means. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that is, uh, I think that's, uh, something that each, each student has to kind of figure out for themselves, themselves. And, uh, for me, writing was, was the way in and, um, writing and and also um kind of just getting experiences and hobbies outside of music really helped as well um around that time i was also um you know going outside a lot and i, I really got into really uh got into rock climbing around that time period so um you know just kind of having an escape from from those from from the city and having escape an escape from constantly like 
thinking about um, how I need to be able to play faster and whatnot. Um, that'll help me kind of settle my mind and think, oh, I should be thinking about this thing now or that thing. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, don't have a specific answer for what exactly people should do, but I think that I think everyone's got to come to their own kind of thing. If they have something like kind of deep down that they really need to get out, then they need to get it out, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that, man. And it's so, man, just to uh, go slightly off topic there, I mad respect to you doing bouldering and whatnot, man. That is one of the most <laughs> difficult things I have. And I, man, I went in like to an indoor rock gym and tried to do it one time. And it is, yeah. everyone's like, oh, man, it's only, you know, 10 feet off the ground. Like, what do you mean it's difficult? And I'm like, yeah, yeah oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, try it again. All right. Um, uh -huh. Man, but I feel you there. It's it's so because I know you do the same thing. I know every other musician does the same thing when they go to a musician's gigs. Like there's there's a whole different realm of things that we that go through our heads, whether we intend to or not. It's just what we do. What we do, you know. We we start mm -hmm. thinking about like, oh, I know that tune, you know, like, and here's how the bridge goes. You know, you start singing along with the melody a little bit. You know, you start getting a little, at least me, like nitpicky. Like, man, wow, that bass drum sounds a little loud. You know, and like that's just stuff that. Mm -hmm when I've gone with my friends, it's that aren't musicians. That is, you know, it's not what they pick up on. And so it's always mm -hmm. been really interesting and something I enjoy more, you know, like I almost enjoy going to gigs more with people that are not musicians than musicians. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. So man, it's, 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 uh, it's an interesting. Like, I, like I hear you, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm right there with you. And obviously, you know, the best technicians and artists like, like, you know, I think of like a Clark Terry or like an Oscar Peterson, you know, none of that sounded technical, even though we know mm -hmm. it was the hardest yeah. thing I have ever heard in my entire life, but it's just not so, <laughs> you know, yeah. joyful and, and, and genuine. And like, that's just what they are genuine, you know? Um, but man, uh, geez, man, we could go on all day, but look, man, Nick, Nicholas, I'm, I'm, so glad your release is coming out this Friday. Uh, it's going to be on all the DSPs and everywhere, um, Amazon and all that. I mean, man, what's coming up? Are you doing any any live streaming, any podcasts coming up? Like, when does your normal podcast come out? What are you? What's going on in your world right now? Minus all the gigs. Yeah, minus all the gigs. Yeah, so I have I have zero. Actually, I have one gig on the books in September. Um, which I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I a, hope it's going to be there festival. for you, man. I really do. I, I, hope I, hope so. I hope so. I hope so too. But I haven't done any of the live streaming stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't really have have the gear for it, and uh, I, no one really wants to listen to like solo bass <laughs> for any amount of time. So I'm not really doing that. But uh, like I said, I'm working on a lot of uh, composition projects and. Um, might be releasing some of that stuff at some point in the future. We'll see how that goes. And um, the podcast uh, is called the Voice Equals Power podcast. It's the same as the album. Um, and that comes out usually every two weeks or so, but it's generally whenever I have the time and feel like it. But I have stepped up my efforts uh, during this time, um, uh, kind of as a, you know, now that I have more time and also trying to serve the, the jazz community, uh, trying to help other artists 
talk about their releases and uh, get their a message out and and also just to talk with my friends because uh you know i don't get to see them that much anymore right um but yeah that that's on all the all the streaming services and all the things and can also be seen on my website which is nicholascrolack.com and uh in my instagram which i i tend to post uh some fun stuff on there some rock climbing adventures um i will be going climbing probably right after this because it's beautiful out here <laughs> man and, uh, that has to do wonders for your your left hand strength man oh my gosh bouldering <laughs> it it does it, it really has uh, people people most musicians like when they find it uh, i climb are usually like oh aren't you worried about getting injured or what about your calluses yes would uh it i mean my calluses were are, are great wow you know right. they're, they're and they actually really helped climbing because i didn't have to build them they're already there i would just think of like you know and getting one caught or something man and that would that would suck that hasn't that has not happened yeah um, yeah i mean knock on wood you know like let's yeah let, today yeah, not yeah. be the day yeah but uh but yeah core strength just like my my posture and stance and all that stuff yeah is, is really and just like my physical awareness of like you know bass is such a physical instrument but yeah that's that's what i've been up to i will continue to do that and uh yeah thank you so much for all your help uh getting this album out you know it wouldn't would not nearly have gone would probably wouldn't have gone anywhere without you guys so. oh it's all good man Appreciate we're you. we're here for you so look guys you know check it out on spotify amazon all that stuff uh you can follow him on instagram at nicholas underscore crowlag for all of your bouldering rock climbing bass playing interest <laughs> and uh man we're, we're looking forward to it and we'll uh catch everybody next time